everyone. Welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week, we break down all the excitement from week two of college gymnastics, including Michigan's 198 performance, Leanne and Jade's dual tens. And we share our thoughts on Trinity having the ability to potentially break the all-time perfect ten record. So let's get into it. So week two of college gymnastics is officially complete. We are recording this episode Monday night following the LSU-Oklahoma meet. And this week, we're just going to be talking about some of the top meets of the weekend. Ashley and I have not had the chance to go back and watch everything yet. We're actually in the process of doing that. But we had a really busy weekend, starting with being down on the floor at Michigan versus Denver and Fisk, getting video for Inside Gymnastics YouTube channel. So If you guys haven't checked it out already, make sure you go check out the Inside Gymnastics YouTube channel. We have tons of videos uploaded there, as well as interviews with Morgan Price, Lindsey Brown, Nicoletta Koulos, and Abby High School. I just want to say that my body still hurts (laughs) from moving around, being up and down all night long. I would never guess that my body would hurt that much after filming a gymnastics meet but it does it feels like I got it's a very physically taxing job (laughs) yeah like it feels like I went and worked out for like five hours straight after not working out for a year so this was my first time doing anything like this Ashley technically had done it before for Eastern Michigan a couple seasons ago but I have to say it was really kind of surreal to be down on the floor I was having flashbacks to you know being in the audience as a kid or a teenager at Michigan's meets and just to be down on the floor helping to cover the event you feel the energy so much more when you're down on the floor for some yeah reason. it feels kind of like you're a part of it more so that was really really cool and it was an exciting competition too with Michigan and Denver being both in the top 10 and then obviously Fisk that was only their second meet ever and so much hype surrounding that team and to have all those teams down on the floor was just a really exciting competition. So the way that we kind of did things is me and Ashley split up so For example, the first rotation, Michigan obviously started on ball. I didn't get to see any of that rotation, and it was a phenomenal rotation. So you had to have heard it. I I did, and that was one of the things I was going to say is, even though I wasn't in the moment getting to see everything and process the entire meet the way that you would if you were watching it at home or even if you were in the stands, being down there and hearing the crowd erupt... Like, Michigan doesn't always have the biggest crowds, right? That's not something that they're known for, is having these really big, loud crowds. But when the crowd is loud, you know that something amazing is happening. So. And they did have a pretty, like, decent turnout for this meet. And the student section, this is something that we've mentioned before. Um, we kind of saw it start to grow a little bit more last season. But they had a pretty good student turnout, and they all stand up on their feet when Michigan goes to floor. Actually, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, they stand up anytime Michigan is competing like I think I saw them when they were over on bars and beam I think I looked over and saw the student section was standing as well and that's something that we see a lot of other top schools do that we are now kind of starting to see at Michigan which I think is great just continuing to grow the fan base but anyways like I was saying I, I knew that something big was happening right at the start of the meet because I kept hearing every like minute just like the arena erupt and that was because Michigan got a 49.65 on vault and nearly everybody stuck their vault 
Yeah. It was pretty incredible. If it wasn't a stick, it was just like a tiny, tiny hop, but like basically almost a stick. And it was really, really exciting. I was sitting there because I was filming Michigan on Vault, so I obviously was seeing it all, but I was like hoping that you were able to look over every few seconds and were seeing what was happening because it was amazing. Definitely one of the highlights of the competition. However, I would say right behind that was Denver on Ball, which I had the luxury of filming, and it was a really great time. It was kind of the same thing, honestly, yeah. because I think... So Michigan was on floor when Denver was on Ball. This was the last rotation, and obviously I was focused on getting Michigan. And same thing, I could hear the crowd erupting, so I was like... And, and mind you, obviously... Like, Denver, they had a, a pretty decent-sized cheering section, but this is obviously in Michigan, so it's not like everyone in the arena was necessarily cheering for them, but it still felt so loud yeah. every time they stuck their vault. And I was like, something must be happening over there because it's pretty loud. Well, they got a 49.55, so... And that is their program record on vault. So pretty cool. It was incredible. They literally stuck every single vault with the exception of Mila Brush she was the second gymnast up she did a Yurchenko full just a small hop back her score was actually the one that ended up being dropped though so but every <laughs> single counting score was a stuck vault yeah two of them were fulls three of them were one and a halfs and this isn't factoring in Miss Lindsay Brown who if you go listen to our interview on Inside Gym's YouTube channel we ask her if her plan is to do vault in Florida all this season and she actually said yes, so keeping our fingers crossed that if all goes well and she remains healthy, that we'll hopefully see her on those events. I did see her during the warm-up before the meet. I forget what event Denver was on, but she was basically the only one over on ball while the team was off at another event. It must have been Florida because that was the only other event she didn't do. But anyways, regardless, I saw her vaulting over the table. So she's working her way back. And very hopeful that we'll see her soon. But imagine that vault lineup for Denver once they get Lindsey Brown back in it. It's going to be even more incredible. I'm so, so, so excited for them. So the, I guess we should say the scores at the meet, Michigan won with a 198.125, which was actually their highest score that they ever have gotten in Chrysler. Yeah, they've never gone 198 in Chrysler, which I don't think I realized that. Like I read that after the meet and I was like, wait, what, really? Like. I, to me, that feels about right. I, I really do feel like every time we've seen them have an incredible 198 performance it's been in like the last on, three years, it's been on the road. It's on the brink of a 198 when they're at home, but maybe I guess not actually going over 198. No, <laughs> they have not. So that was also really exciting. We had Denver with a 1972, which is an incredible score for them. And then Fisk with a 184.8. But kind of like we said last week, this season really isn't about scores for them or placement or winning the meet or anything like that. It really is just about them going out there and making history as the first HBCU gymnastics team. They had a really big cheering section here in Michigan. Morgan Price said to us after that they actually had some alum of Fisk there, which is pretty cool. And I know they also had a lot of people going. So Fisk competed Friday at Michigan and then they went to Georgia on Monday and that's obviously Corrine Tarver she was an alum she competed for Georgia and all you know preseason they've been kind of building up the hype for that meet and I know they have like a bus of people they're taking 
to Athens to watch that meet. Yeah. To have a pretty good turnout there as well. We heard that they traveled pretty well to Vegas. So, I mean... They really are getting love and support everywhere yeah. they go so far, which I think is great. And on that note, they had a significantly better meet yeah. against Georgia than they did the first two weeks. So, I believe they got a 190.1. Let me verify that real quick. Yeah, so they got a 190.1, and we got to see majority of their routines on the broadcast. It was a quad meet with Ohio State and Rutgers and obviously Georgia, so we didn't get to see every single routine, but from what I did see, it looks like Fisk got through vault, bars, and floor without any falls. Yeah. And then beam, they struggled a little bit. I wanted to specifically shout out their floor, because at Michigan, they... I believe fell on every single routine aside from Morgan Price. Yeah. And they had like a 45 something team score. But at Georgia, they went 48, 6, 7, 5, which is actually a pretty good score, especially given just like three days before that. They had, you know, a complete disaster of a rotation on that event. Yeah, they showed no signs of fatigue or even really any weakness they look better here than they have the past two weeks which I was really really impressed by Morgan Price won the all-around her very first all-around title as yeah. a college gymnast 39-375 was the score as you know Georgia freshman Naya Howard who got a 39-325 so I mean there was an impressive group of all-arounders there you had Hannah Joyner yeah. Ohio State's freshman Peyton Harris Haley Dion I mean there was so many girls that could have and did contend for that all-around title but any of those girls could have won but um, Morgan really stepped up to the occasion and had obviously her best meet so far I mean she's only three meets in in her collegiate career but you know hasn't really been getting that good of scores on bars and she had a phenomenal routine at Georgia and I feel like she kind of is getting underscored like for example her floor at Michigan was really really solid she only got a 9825 mm -hmm. and I felt like in comparison to some of the other routines that we were seeing that were going like 99 plus or like 9875 plus I thought she was right on par with that so I kind of felt like a 9825 was a little bit low yeah so it was nice here with this Georgia quad to see her finally get you know some of those better scores that I feel like she's worthy of but real quickly, circling back to the Michigan-Denver-Fisk meet, I wanted to give a shout-out to Rosie Casali and Denver's team. Um, you know, we mentioned that ball rotation that was a program record for them. She actually debuted a one-and-a-half here, so that was her first time doing it, and she got a 9.975. So she was, like, borderline in tears. <laughs> um, That's quite the way to debut. Everybody was, like, screaming, jumping up and down. She looked shocked, you know... Not many people can go out there and debut a one and a half like that and absolutely nail it and basically be super close to perfection. So that was one of the highlights of the meet for me that I wanted to just mention and give her a shout out for. Also, Nicoletta Koulos yeah. was another highlight. She is doing her best gymnastics right now. I think me and Ashley said that before on the podcast, but... If you haven't had a chance to watch Michigan yet this season, definitely go look up the me on YouTube because it's on number one gym fans channel. So if you don't have BTM Plus, you can look that up on YouTube and watch the me and you'll be able to see all of the routines. But Nicoletta Kulos in particular is one that really stood out to me. She had a beautiful beam routine in her debut on that event that went 985. I think she's a really nice addition to that lineup. I think she should stay in that lineup. I mean... She got a 9-9 in the inner squad meet, you know, prior to the season starting. And then, yeah, to go 9-8-5 in your very first time 
ever making the lineup, I think, really says something. And it was a good routine. She had a tiny check on her jumps, but and I think a tiny hop on her dismount as well. But, but minimal deduction. Very minimal. It was a great routine. Um, her floor, she's consistently going 9925, it seems, which is super impressive. Apparently it's a thing, but we're here for it. Yeah. And her ballers is beautiful as well. She was also in the bar lineup, very much capable of getting a big score every week on that event. So definitely stepping up big in her senior season. Yeah, absolutely. So wanted to give her a shout out as well because she was one of the highlights of the competition for me. And then Abby High School, she won the all around as well as floor with a 995. I think that she is poised to have another great year. And it was also nice to see Natalie Wojcik back in the ball lineup doing the one and a half. She did a full week one. Um, and there's been some question of whether she would be in the vault lineup. She's been missing from the floor lineup as well. Appears to have some sort of like slight knee issue going on. So we weren't really sure when we were going to see her on that event. Um, and if she was in the vault lineup, when we'd be seeing the one and a half again. But she she's back like she never left. Yes. Had a great score of 9-9 on that event. So. And she was nailing them in warmups too. Like... Every single time I looked at her and she was doing that ball, it was either stuck or near stuck. So really, really good and big for Michigan to have that back in the lineup because she's one of those people that you can always count on to get a big score. So I think that's everything for the Michigan Fisk done for me. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add from that? I think that was... No, I'm just glad to see Michigan bounce back from the rough beam rotation that they had in Vegas and have a good rotation here and kind of show everyone what they're really actually capable of. Yeah, they're actually ranked number one in the nation on vault and floor. They're number two in the nation on bars. I think they're 13th on beam. And then technically they are third all around. But if you go to the daily rankings after Monday's meets, they're actually tied with Oklahoma for second. So T. <laughs> But like you said, a bigger improvement on beam this week. I think Nicoletta is a nice addition to that lineup. Carly Bauman's looking great. Um, I think that, you know, the hope would be that they continue to gain confidence every week and that it starts to become a more consistent and confident event for them mm-hmm. and it will make them more well-rounded as a team. And for Denver, I think it's exciting to see them this early in the season hanging in the top 10 and, you know, after week two, they're still in the top 10. And that's without Lindsey Brown, like we said before. So when they get her back on well, Vault Lindsay floor... Well, Lindsey Brown to her full capacity. Well, right. When they get her back on Vault and Floor... They're just going to get even better, I think. They have a really, really strong team with Jessica Hutchinson, Raleigh Mundell, Rosie Casali, Bella Mabanta. I mean, yeah. They really do have a strong team. It's very, very exciting. They were one of those teams that, you know, a couple years ago were lingering around the top four or five in the nation, kind of dropped down a little bit, but seem to be kind of making their way back up, and I'm here for it. And then Fisk as well. Like we said, Monday's meet was a big improvement for them. They have a lot of really talented gymnasts on their team, but I think above all else, it's just amazing to see them go out there and do what they're doing every week. Seeing the crowds they get, the attention that they're getting, how many young black girls are lining up in the stands to have a chance to meet these girls and get pictures with them. It's it's truly incredible. Actually, something I, I forgot, I wanted to mention this, um, and it was in our interview with Lindsey Brown, but... She said this to us after the meet, and I just kind of thought about it, and I was like, wow, you're so right. She says that she thinks this is the first time, potentially, in her career where she's been the majority on the competition floor. Mm-hmm. And to look around and see so many black gymnasts, see so many gymnasts that look like her, you know, gymnastics, obviously there is a lot of black gymnasts, but 
I think depending on where you live and where you grow up, it's predominantly white and a lot of gyms are predominantly white. So to be at a competition and have, I think we actually, we went and counted, I don't remember the numbers, but um, there was more black gymnasts competing at this meet than there was white. And I think that's potentially a first. Um, I mean, who knows? And I have to actually go like, and dive into the history books and actually figure out if that was true or not. Well, with, with Fisk having, you know, a program now and really I think any meet that they go to, you're going to start to see more numbers like that where you have more black or even just people of color on the floor. Fisk really made it possible to have it be where for once majority of the competitors on the floor are black as opposed to normally even if it's just a dual meet you have way more white gymnasts than per- you have it's a predominantly white team with you know one two maybe three people of color on the team yeah and now that's changing with so this f- yeah fisk is here shaking things up and we absolutely love it and ultimately i think that's you know what they're here for and that's their main goal this season it's just to keep doing their thing keep making history keep turning heads starting these conversations creating and ins- awareness and inspiring other HBCUs to start a gymnastics team, which we should probably share the news, which most of you have probably heard by now, but there's going to be another HBCU gymnastics team, which is incredible. Already so early in the season, we're getting this announcement because there's so much hype around Fisk. How could you be an HBCU and not want to start a gymnastics program when you see all of the attention and the buzz that they're creating? So Talladega College has partnered with HBCU Gymnastics Alliance and Brown Girls Do Gymnastics to launch the second ever HBCU Gymnastics team. Talladega is in Alabama. Um, We don't really have a whole lot of information at this point. It was literally just announced like a couple days ago. Yeah. No, it was like literally yesterday. Was it yesterday? (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know what day it is, but... Super, super exciting news and a big move for the sport of gymnastics, a big move for people of color. And I just think this is going to create so many more opportunities for young black gymnasts out there to, you know, continue going to HBCUs. And hopefully this is a trend that continues to grow and continues to happen. I, I think it's great. And it's having a really positive impact on the sport and the athletes that are in it. Okay, let's move along to Florida Auburn. That was a meet that me and Ashley met on Friday, but we were able to go back and watch over the weekend. Florida looked incredible. They came away with a 197.825. And Auburn also looked pretty good. Not quite the same level as Florida in this meet, but still came away with a 197.2. And it was a great meet for them as well. I think the star of the show has to be Leanne Wan. Oh, it has to be. She <laughs> has, at the moment as it stands, the highest all-around score in the nation, a 39.825. And that was thanks to two perfect 10s, one on bars, one on beam, and a 997.5 five on floor like who does that other than like maybe jay carey <laughs> and maybe like maggie nichols or kyla ross back in the day but <laughs> yeah like very few people are capable of that level of perfection trinity thomas should be on the right i was gonna say we talk about the gym slam or i guess what do you call it when it's all in one meet there was a there's a, a word for it i forget what oh my gosh it. yeah what is it why can i not remember whatever i can't think of it right now but all tens in one meet the only one gymnast has ever done it karen let from georgia way back in the day but when we talk about that happening i feel like from florida at least trinity is your go-to girl you would think is trinity is the one that has the best shot at doing that but leanne juan is kind of like 
Hey. And I was surprised when we were doing fantasy drafting that Leanne would always last to, for sure, the second round, but, like, sometimes even into the third, depending how many people were, like, in the league. Mm-hmm. If it was a smaller league, you would see her last sometimes into, like, the third round. People which I was kind of surprised by, because I'm like, she is very much capable of perfection on every single event. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised that she didn't go quicker in some of our drafts, but we are seeing why. Me and Ashley actually have her on quite a few teams, because I, th- I, mean, I think with her being elite and, you know, balancing that, there's always some uncertainty about, you know, health and even just level of preparedness yeah. and balancing both that Endurance. coming off of Worlds. And- well, and I think, if we're being fair, Leanne didn't look the greatest at Worlds and leading up to Worlds, and obviously she had, like, a little bit of an injury at U.S. Championship, so I think there may have been some uncertainty coming into the season, but I think if this is any indication of how the season is going to go for Leanne, I think it's going to be a great one. Yeah, she looked great. Somebody else who looked great, Trinity Thomas on floor, she got another perfect 10. I believe she's now tied with Kyla Ross and Maggie Nichols for the perfect 10 record, and she has a long season ahead of her, so that was the thing. Kyla and Maggie, their season got cut short because of COVID, Mm -hmm. so they could have extended their 10 record, but didn't really get the chance because everything ended abruptly but trinity i mean with basically the entire season to go i think she's easily gonna surpass that record oh i think she will too my question for you is and this is a big conversation in the gymnastics community right now do you believe when and if she passes the 10 record she should have an asterisk next to her accomplishment indicating that she had an extra season that all of these other athletes that came before her didn't have um, that's a good question. I have not thought of. <laughs> Put on the spot here. So my immediate reaction to that question, I would say yes. That was my thought too. Because it's easier to get more tens when you have a whole extra year to get tens. And prior to 2020, the only time you would ever get a fifth year or maybe a sixth year was if you were injured. But if you were injured, you weren't competing and therefore you weren't getting tens. Right. So it was a season that you were out. All of the athletes that we're seeing right now on the stage of college gymnastics have five years that they have been healthy and doing gymnastics. Right. And when you look at 10 records, every single one of those women on that list did what they did in four seasons, whereas Trinity did it in five seasons because, like you said, she hasn't been injured. So she had five full, complete seasons. Well, by the time she's done. By the time she's done, yeah. To do whatever it is that she's going to end up doing. Um, Whereas people like Maggie and Kyla, they had four not complete seasons. I mean, it was almost the end of the season. Which kind of makes it like slightly more impressive in my opinion. But I also love Trinity and it's like no shade at all. I think she's absolutely without a doubt one of the greatest college gymnasts of all time. I have no problem with her taking over that record. I think she deserves it. I do think, though, that it should indicate somewhere that she did have an extra season. Because I do think that's an important piece of knowledge to have when you're looking at the record books. Right. Everyone else did it in four years, and she did it in five. And it's no, like, it's no shade. shade. Yeah, it's no shade to Trinity. Like, obviously, she's amazing. And, you know, she basically came very, very close to reaching Kyla and Maggie's record without the extra year. I mean, she was, what, 110 away from doing it? So, yeah, yeah, having the extra season has helped her, and it is going to give her the opportunity to surpass them. But... Um, it's something that she should be proud of either way. And I guess we'll let the historians decide what they want to do with that. <laughs> but either way, her 10 on floor on Friday was incredible. A well-deserved 10. And I want to know if anyone else has the same strategy. I'm sure this isn't uncommon when it comes to someone like Trinity Thomas. But Brittany and I, um, the couple of fantasy teams that we have her on, 
we left her up, even though she didn't do floor the first week. And we had heard that she wasn't going to do floor for like the first half of the season. Yeah. Like it was going to be a while until she was on floor. We left her up and we were basically okay. We said we are not playing these games. Because we, we were okay with swallowing the zero for however long. Because we knew that whenever she came back and you're never able to predict it. <laughs> because of Florida and lineups. Right. And like what just happened. They threw her in second meet and she gets a 10. I don't want to miss that. So I will leave her up all season long. I will count zeros anytime she's out. And I will not ever take her off because I want the 10s when she does compete. Yes. Period. And it pays off. <laughs> But like I said, Florida looked really good here. As of right now, which again, we're recording this Monday night when you do like the daily rankings, which is kind of like live updates after Monday's competition. So the official rankings have already come out for week two, but they've already kind of changed a little bit. When you go to Road to National and you look at the daily rankings, Florida is actually number one in the nation right now based off of that, which is super impressive. T. I mean, maybe it's not T. I mean, duh, Florida's guy. Like, why am I acting like this is like news? <laughs> it's also not T because anyone can go to Rotor Nationals and just click daily results and see that it's there. <laughs> we aren't sharing anything groundbreaking here. Florida's amazing. No surprise. And I kind of feel like this is going to be their year. So super excited to see what they continue to do throughout the season. Rachel Bauman is somebody that we're not 100% sure of her status. I did not watch the meet live, but I had heard that she got injured in vault warmups. Um, and actually vault was the, the only event from this meet that I haven't seen because for some reason when we recorded it on our TV, it started with Florida on bars. So I, I didn't see Florida's vault rotation. So I don't know if they showed what happened or if they acknowledged what happened, but I just had heard from reading stuff online that Rachel was injured on that event, and then she obviously was not in any of the lineups going forward. So, hoping that she's okay. She was really seeming like she was going to have an incredible season and be able to do a lot of great things for Florida and contribute to multiple lineups. So, that'll be really unfortunate if she's out, but hoping it's just something minor. Yeah, and we will give you guys an update when and if we receive one. Somebody else that I want to give a shout out to is Peyton Richards. She looks phenomenal. She's contributing on, I think at this point, every event now. Mm-hmm. Between the first two weeks, she's done every event. Yep. And I did not expect that from her. She was somebody who was kind of a depth person for Florida in years past. She would occasionally pop in the vault lineup or the floor lineup. And I think I saw her contending for those events this season. But, I mean, she's doing, like, bars and beam. And it's like, what's going on? Things that I would never expect with the depth that Florida has on beam in particular, I mean, there's so many options you can choose from, and I guess I didn't see Peyton Richards among them, but she's doing it, and she's doing it well, so we love that for her. Moving on to another big matchup from the weekend, Kentucky-LSU. This is one that I feel like there's kind of sort of a rivalry forming between these two schools mm-hmm. and the fans, just because of what happened last season when, you know, the Josie Anjani beam cap thing and Kentucky won. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe they won the year before, right? Like, this is the third year in a row that Kentucky has beat mm. LSU. That sounds familiar. But... I meant to fact check that before we recorded, but whatever. I'm going with For sure they beat them now the last two years, but I'm also thinking it maybe it was the past three years. Either way, a rivalry is forming. I'm here for it. Kentucky looked really, really good. They started out the competition on fire, on vault. We had stuck vaults from Ariana Patterson, Isabella Magnelli. And that's a really difficult vault to stick that they do. Mm-hmm. The front handspring, front pike half. They literally stuck it cold. It was glorious. And then they went over to bars, had a pretty solid rotation there. 
first couple beam routines were a little bit shaky, but really halfway through that beam lineup, I feel like the momentum and I guess the energy in the arena started to shift and it really started to feel like it was Kentucky's me. LSU had some struggles. They actually started out pretty decent on bars and vault. Wasn't anything like super, super great, but it also wasn't horrible either. Like they were just solid mm -hmm. about what you would expect from LSU. And then they went to floor and had a couple iffy landings on some of their routines. It looked just a little bit tired, I would say. Overall, they have a really, really difficult schedule, especially the first three meets of the season. Opening up on the road at Utah, then on the road at Kentucky, and then Monday night having Oklahoma, the reigning national champions and the number one team at home, is pretty brutal back to back to back. And I think that we were just starting to see that wear on them a little bit. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the very last Florentine, Kaya Johnson, one of their stars, she's had some Achilles issues on and off throughout her career. It's something that they've been managing since she's been at LSU. Managed to make it almost entirely through her career, completely healthy and her Achilles unfortunately gave out on the last pass of her Florentine. So that was devastating to see and a huge loss for LSU. I know that LSU doesn't quite have the depth that Oklahoma does to be able to rest Kaya like they do Olivia Troutman, but mm -hmm. you know, I can't help but wonder how if they used a similar strategy with Kaya and knowing that she has kind of some Achilles issues if they would have rested her on and off throughout the season or maybe eased her in on the vents where there's more pounding, if that would have made a difference, and who knows? I mean, Achilles, they can go at any time, anywhere, yeah. any place, any time. What is that from? Cops, I think. No, it's Fear Factor. Fear Factor, yeah. Yeah. I forget. Don't, it was, they're basically telling you don't perform these stunts anywhere at any time. Yeah. Anyways, okay. We're going unnecessarily <laughs> off on things. <laughs> um, what you're saying is it can happen. You're, so like, yeah, I'm not trying to like shame anybody at LSU for like letting this happen. Like it just happens. You know what I mean? But they've but, had a lot of really bad luck with injuries so far this season. Cammy Hall also had an Achilles injury before mm -hmm. season started. Now Olivia Dawn, you know, she started out with some like, I think labrum issues and then she appeared to be like about ready to be back in the bar lineup and then she showed up with a boot on at the Oklahoma yeah, meet. Now it's her calf and she's gonna be out for a couple weeks. Yes and then Bryce Wilson had a really scary beam dismount um is following concussion protocol for the next week so she's out so they've just had like they just been really bad luck. put through the ringer yeah and I feel horrible for them they're a really talented team um, they have so much potential, and I just feel like they can't catch a break. I will say, they did have a good meet against Oklahoma. They gave Oklahoma a run for the money. The meet was closer mm -hmm. than I anticipated it would, especially given all the obstacles they've had to overcome in the last week. Yeah, like, like I said, at Kentucky, they looked really fatigued. They looked very drained, physically and emotionally. And they looked more like their normal selves against Oklahoma, despite not having their full-strength team. Yeah. So, which I think is a testament to their mental strength. Yeah, and that's a positive takeaway for this team right now. That they can still, even when they're not at their best, contend with the very top team in the nation. Yeah, I think it says a lot about their mental fortitude as a team. And really what some of those backup people, like the, the reserve athletes, 
what they're capable of when they step into the lineups. Chase Brock yep. did a one and a half on vault. It was a really solid vault. And Alana Arenas, I mean, she's stepping up in a big way, particularly at the Kentucky meet. She wasn't originally supposed to be in on beam. Went up after, I mean, it wasn't directly after Bryce, but she was put into that lineup and goes out and hits 9.925, which I believe is her career high. I think so, yeah. Which is really, really incredible to do after, you know, Kaya goes down. The team probably knows what the injury is at this point. Right. And Oh, you could see it on their faces. They oh, were, yeah. like, devastated. To know that happened, and then Bryce has a really scary fall, and then to be thrown into the lineup after that and go out and rock a beam routine, and she did it again versus Oklahoma. I mean, she's mm. looked really solid, so yeah. shout out to Alana Arenas. I think that's really, like, gutsy of her yeah. to be able to perform that way. Somebody else I've been really impressed with is Sierra Ballard. She's leading off on floor at Oklahoma and also against Kentucky. Had a really, really solid routine that, honestly, in my opinion, was maybe slightly underscored. Yeah, it was solid at Utah, too, and I think a little bit underscored there as well. So And she was put in against Oklahoma in the beam lineup. So she's also stepping up in a really big way. So they, they're using their depth early on, and, you know, it's not an ideal situation, but I definitely think that LSU is making the best out of it. So... Definitely something that they should be proud of and, you know, wishing them as healthy and best of a season as they can have going forward. Because, you know, a lot of people really wanted them to, you know, finally have their year and and reach their potential in the postseason with, you know, SEC championships and regionals and maybe even nationals, you know, reach the potential that a team of their caliber is capable of. So time will tell, but they're a strong team and I still think that despite the injuries, they still have a lot of potential. And Oklahoma, you know, we, we kind of we kind of went back and forth between Kentucky and Oklahoma with those meets happening almost back-to-back. Oklahoma looked pretty good. Not their best meet. They were definitely a little shaky on beam and really kind of allowed LSU to keep it close with them mm-hmm. up until the very last routine. So, but they did come away with the win. I should probably be giving scores, huh? Like we mentioned, we're not like 100% prepared like we normally would be. It's <laughs> been a very busy weekend. Oklahoma came away with a 1976 to LSU's 19745. So much closer of a meet than I personally thought it would be. Oh, I think I yeah, I think everyone would agree with that. But Oklahoma was solid. You know, they had some really good vaults. Um Faith Torres was in the lineup, stuck her one and a half. It was great. Jordan Bowers had a beautiful vault. Um, Ketla Vassars was really, really good. So, I mean, that's not nothing new there. Um, I will say the biggest surprise from this meet was LSU outscoring Oklahoma on bars <laughs> by a half-tenth. Yeah. LSU had a 49-4-5 to Oklahoma's 49-4, which is definitely incorrect. <laughs> Oklahoma was absolutely the better bar team. I don't know how LSU... Well, I, I do know how. I mean, judges, overscoring, home cooking, it's a thin. <laughs> we talk about it every year. So maybe I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, but Audrey Davis didn't like stick or dismount like she normally does, but it was still a great routine, and everyone else in the lineup had a hit routine as well. So LSU has a little bit more built-in deductions, whereas Oklahoma is just very perfect, technically precise, and you're looking for landing deductions. You know, maybe an occasionally short handstand. For the most part, though, they go up and they do pretty perfect gymnastics and. There's not really much room to deduct. So, I, yeah, I'm a little bit confused by the bar scores at this meet. But LSU had a really strong showing on floor. Um, Oklahoma was good on floor, too. I think Beam was a weaker event for both these teams at this meet. So definitely areas to improve for both of these teams. But 
a solid me overall and I would chalk it up as a positive experience and a lot of good takeaways for both of these teams as they look ahead to week three. We are going to speed through these last two teams that I want to talk about because me and Ashley have pizza that just got out of the oven and it's sitting there <laughs> getting cold. So UCLA, I want to talk about them real quickly. They are currently ranked fourth in the nation. They're ahead of Utah. I don't remember the last time that happened. It's been oh, wow. it's been a minute. <laughs> But they look, I mean, we talked about this last week, but they look so much better than they did last season. Honestly, the last two seasons, the team looks happy, healthy. Janelle McDonald, I think, is having such a positive impact on this team. They just seem relaxed. They seem like they have a completely different vibe to their team, which is great. At this meet, it was the, uh, how do you say that? Was. Uh, I don't know how to say that, but it was at that meet. They were against Boise State, Cal, Iowa, Minnesota, Oregon State, Pitt, and Washington. There was different sessions. Yeah, there was there was two like subdivisions. But UCLA's was with Boise State, Minnesota, and Washington. Yeah, and Washington. Yep. And they got a one nine seven eight five, which is a great score for them at this point in the season. Selena Harris was on fire. Oh my goodness. She's perfect. I love her. I love the way she moves. She's just so clean. She has like that perfect combination of power and grace. She's just a lot of fun to watch and has proven to be very consistent. And I think she's been a big boost to UCLA. And she competes with a level of confidence of a complete veteran, honestly. (laughs) Right now, you would watch her and think that she's a senior. And actually, she's just competed in her second collegiate meet ever. Yes. But UCLA is getting a lot of good experience. They have competed now two weeks in a row on podium. They haven't really had any major like beam meltdowns or anything like that. Their vault is looking pretty strong. It's not their best rotation considering that they have more fulls in their lineup than some of the other top teams. But they look strong overall. And I'm very excited and happy to see them fourth in the nation. That is leaps and bounds ahead of what they were doing last season. So this is already a very, very good sign for this team. We mentioned Oregon State was at this meet as well. The only thing I really have to say about that is Jade Carey. She, similar to Leanne Wan, got two tens. She got a 10 on ball and a 10 on floor. Floor was great. Ball was not a 10. <laughs> I don't, to be honest with you, and this is no shade of Jade because we love Jade and obviously she's an amazing gymnast and we appreciate the difficulty that she brings to college gymnastics and she makes it look so easy. But she did have a slide on her vault. Really nice form in the air, but a little slide, a tiny, tiny slide. And then a floor too, I feel like the double-double opening pass. I feel like she didn't have as controlled of a landing as she should have had if it was a 10 mm-hmm. so um judge is definitely giving her a little bit of some favors there by the olympian bonus yes not not the olympian bonus the olympic champion bonus <laughs> yes so yeah <laughs> we talk about you know a lot of teams like you know florida or lsu or oklahoma getting overscored and I feel like we don't talk enough about Jade Carey getting overscored. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to mention that because she's an incredible gymnast and they were great routines. They just weren't tens. Right. 995? Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> 995 any day of the week. But a 10 you cannot get when you have a hop or lack of control. The math is not mathing. <laughs> and the final team that I want to mention just briefly is Ohio State. They are eating. If you had not watched them this season yet, maybe you won't because they're always on BTN Plus <laughs> and a lot of you refuse to buy that. And I do not blame you, but 
like I mentioned in the beginning, number one gym fan is really good about uploading meets. They literally upload every single competition, pretty much like any team you can go look up on YouTube and find a meet from them. So we mentioned Ohio State last week when they beat Kentucky. Will they beat another SEC team in Georgia this week? Yep, and they're in the top 10 right now. So, I mean, they have to be feeling pretty good about where they're at this season and their chances, even in the Big Ten. I mean, when you're going out and beating SEC teams, I mean, granted, it's not like Florida or anything, but they're showing that they can hang with the big dogs. And I think that's very exciting for them. They should be very, very happy with how they're performing so far. I was most impressed this week with their bar rotation. They were sticking every bar to sell. Like, every time they were on my screen, they were sticking. It was glorious. That's how they were last week with Vol. Yeah, I was going to say, the week prior it was Vol. Floor is a great event for them. They have so many talented floor athletes like Claire Gagliardi, Alexis Edwards, Jenna Lavak, yeah. the freshmen, Peyton Harris. And Tori Nether, too. Yeah, so, so much talent on this team. So if you're not paying attention to them already this season, now is your chance to start because this team is just getting started. Me and Ashley are going to be commentating their meet on BTM Plus when they come to Michigan. So very much looking forward to that and getting to rave about this very talented team because... I think they are going to do big things this season, and I think they're making moves in the Big Ten, for sure, because they are not always the first team that you think of. You know, you're thinking, obviously, of Michigan, but then there's been Minnesota and Iowa and Michigan, Michigan State. State as of last season, and no one really talks about Ohio State, but we should be, because they're really talented, and, you know, right now they're putting up the scores to prove it, so keep your eyes on the Buckeyes. That's it for this week's episode. We would like to take a moment to real quickly thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. A big thank you to Amy M, Emily B, Kathleen R, Lucy S, Becca S, DFP, Blake B, Cookie Master, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, Erica S, Milan W, M, Derek H, Abby M, Martin, and Jasmine C. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. And if you are interested in becoming a Patreon, we always have a link in the show notes down below to our Patreon page where you can learn about the perks of each tier level, what you get at each tier level, how much it costs, all of that. So check that out if you're interested. As far as next week's episode, me and Ashley have a pretty busy week again next week. We're going to Central on Saturday to watch their home meet. We're going to Michigan State on Sunday night to watch Michigan versus Michigan State. So we probably won't get home until pretty late on Sunday. So if we end up doing an episode next week, it's going to be one of those situations where it's not released until like Tuesday or Wednesday. But we will keep you guys updated. In the meantime, we hope you have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye.